to today's podcast, Pre-39 in Podcastville, on Wednesday, November 10th. We'll call this the Thanksgiving food edition of the podcast because once again, my dear friend, food editor, food empress of The Blade, my friend Mary Billiou is back on for her monthly visit. Hello, dear. Food empress, I like that. Do I get a tiara or a crown or something to wear? Uh, not out of my budget. Not out of my budget. No. Okay. I'll have to go shopping at the dollar store. <laughs> um, we didn't do our, our little pre-chat. We haven't actually spoken uh, about much lately other than uh, our our mutual friend, Lindsay Stahl from, she is, uh, she's royalty in Sylvania. And no, that's not a, ne- no, that's not a nepotism thing. Drama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, I figured we'd focus on a, on a lot of Thanksgiving here. Is that what, what was on your brain? Um, well, I have notes. See, I've learned to take notes now, so I don't forget all the stuff to talk to you about. Um, we need to talk about raisins and macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we need to talk best of Toledo. And you had just posted a picture of the gorgeous Sadie. Yes. And I'm just wondering, were you visiting with Sadie and Emma, or is there more to the story than that? So Emma is departing the area. She's going to work in Cleveland, and I have long adored Sadie, and I've never met her. So Emma was out running some errands, and she's like, can I come over? I said, absolutely. And uh, Sadie and I, well, I fell in love with her. She was just hoping I had some food. And did you? Uh, not that she could eat, but uh, she still gave me kisses, and Aww. Emma took a great picture. And yeah, I mean, I, it I'm is not a great picture. I'm not such an introvert when it comes to dogs. Oh no, dogs bring out the best of everybody. Um, they I, bring you out of your shell. They just they they are just natural lovers. I so nurturing. I, I made a couple of notes, and we can go down your notes. But uh, if okay. I may, if I may start with one thing. It's your show. You can do whatever you want. Uh, you're kind of like, you're making your way to co-host placement. Okay. Um, well, I don't have the business card yet. So when I get the business card, then I'll intrude. We also, we don't have tiaras and business cards. So uh, strike <laughs> two. On the shopping list. Um, I'm going to generally ask you, um, how are you with brunches in the area? Um, like, do I go to them? Do I know which ones are best? What, which angle do you want to know about the brunches? Just generally speaking. Toledo is a brunch town. More so than I think it gets credit for. Okay. Uh, do, particular How about you? Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, any, any solid borderline alcoholic in Toledo knows that brunch is part of drinking uh, of with the Bloody Marys and whatnot. So I would I would completely agree with you. And the place that I would say is synonymous with brunch mm-hmm. is is Manhattan's. What what yeah. brunch spots do you hear coming your way? Um, Focaccia's. Focaccia's yeah. has a fairly, fairly new brunch in their garden. Um, and and I hear I hear wonderful things. Um Let's see. I want to say the White House Inn does a brunch. I know they do the whole Bloody Mary thing. So I think they do a brunch buffet. Um, I don't know. It just seems to be much more of a thing here than people people seem to give it credit for. I know a lot of people who regularly go out for brunch. 
Yeah, me too. And I think it's also for like a, like lighter drinking. Like you can do some, after a night of heavy drinking, you can do some mm-hmm. lighter stuff like mimosas and sangria and the, the Bloody Marys, which right. I know. And you do the Bloody Marys and you pretty much get your whole breakfast on there with the, you know, the bacon and the, the cheesecake and everything else that they put on top of them these days. <sighs> Their artworks unto themselves. Yeah, yeah. I uh, when I first when I first moved here and I started to go over to the Dirty Bird to watch football games, they had a Bloody Mary bar, and I was un- I was unfamiliar with Bloody Marys as like hangover cures, but that looks disgusting. Pickles and bacon and red stuff. No, thank you. <laughs> you're just you you're, you're a classicist. You just want it in its pure form. All of those, well, except for the red the red beverage. Uh, yeah, I I need my bacon with just bacon and my pickles. Leave my pickles alone. Okay. Fair um, enough. I brought this up because a, a friend of mine, an internet yeah. friend of mine, um, let me know that Basil has a brunch. Oh, and okay. uh, I know oh, that, that they do a lovely job. Uh, yeah, I will have to share the menu with you. But the one thing that really jumped out at me, um, maybe you do this. I was watching a TV show a couple of weeks ago, and a character at a diner kept getting the Monte Cristo, and I have oh. not had a Monte Cristo in a long time. And they call it the Monte Cristo Madam at Basil. And yeah. it looks, well, I didn't see it, but it sounds delicious. But um, I just wanted to throw that your way and also pick your brain on, on Monte Cristo and where you are at with those. Oh, my gosh. I, I haven't had one of those in so long. That was a thing when my friends and I were in college and then we would come back to the Detroit suburbs and we would all meet up at like Christmas or over the summer. We always went to the restaurant that, that served those. And that was sort of our thing that we would get those. And um, and I haven't seen them on menus in so long. I'm I applaud Basil for for doing that because it's it's beautiful. It's it's got the the sweet with the with the jam and a little dusting of powdered sugar. It's got the the crispy crunchy batter. It's got the the salty from the ham, the smokiness. Like there's everything you want in that sandwich. People here might not even know what it is. I can't recall seeing Monte Cristos on any, on any menus of places that I go. If I were to explain it, and you just did a good job, you can polish mine up. Um, it's it's ham and cheese, and it's uh, it's open faced. At least the, the the fried part of it is it's like a fried aspect of it, but it's a like an inc- a three quarters enclosed sandwich, and it's delicious. And there's I think some places use powdered sugar. Yeah, so it's kind of like like a. Like a ham and cheese, grilled cheese sandwich with a little bit of raspberry jam to get that bright tartness. And then you get the batter, you know, so you dunk it and you, you batter it and, and you put the little dusting of sugar. And oh my gosh, if, if that's having a renaissance, I'm, I'm going to give credit to Basil for that. Is it Basil or Basil? I say Basil. I think it's like tomato, tomato, okay. Basil, Basil. If they have a preference, they've not told me. Okay, um, we can come back to some of my Thanksgiving things. What uh, what do you okay. what do you have on your list? I want to know about this raisins and mac and cheese thing that you posted. Okay, which was just clickbait, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. because people are horrified and need to see what's going on with that. And I admit I looked because I had to see what was going on with that. I was more taken aback. Somebody commented that mac and cheese is not a kid's food, and uh, I would I would disagree. Like most of, uh, I have a lot of friends who have younger children, and those kids live off mac and cheese. They can make their own mac and cheese. They do, but are you are you talking like the blue box mac and yes. cheese for kids? Yes. Right. Although I think that there are grown ups who have sort of a soft spot. You know, when you just need that little sort of comfort food. 
kind of hug from grandma kind of kind of feeling you would go back to the blue box although so i would agree that that version is pretty much kids food um although i don't want to sound i don't want to say that that is a disparaging thing and i know that because it's it's quick and it's easy and it's lightweight and inexpensive it finds its way to a lot of, of food pantries to, to help feed you know the the kids um so I, I would say it's primarily a kid's food, but there's nothing wrong with adults eating it. But you can make adult versions with real cheese and, and strong, um, you know, really pungent cheeses that, that, that elevate it in adulthood. And there's additions. Sorry, I have a cat sitting <laughs> on, the, on the computer trying to disconnect me. Um, and, and so if you, you know, you, there's all the add-ins. You can add bacon or sausage. Or, I mean, there's a thousand things you can add in it um, to make it a much more grown-up dish. And that that's what about the article struck me. Um, aside from the kid aspect of it, somebody made that comment. But I, I thought mm-hmm. about, like, raisins and mac and cheese. I don't have a problem yeah. with raisins. I might... I might not make that my topping or whatever. You just said, like, additive or something. We, we, have, we need to figure out what it's called that isn't that's in mac and cheese but isn't the mac and cheese and i'll with going back to the raisins i was trying to think of an ingredient or whatever we're going to agree to call these things mm-hmm. an addition that wouldn't make sense and i couldn't come up with many so it seems like mac and cheese would be very versatile to, to add things to it is i mean and you know you can add vegetables you can add tuna you could add you know kielbasa you could you could do sort of an Italian spin uh, with hot Italian sausage and stir in some mozzarella so you really get that ooey gooeyness um, along with maybe the Parmesan or Fontina or things that offer a little more saltiness, a little more punch, a little more nuttiness. Um, so then you have to sort of look at it on a spectrum then. At what point does it turn into more of, say, a lasagna casserole versus a mac and cheese? How many how many mix-ins are you allowed before it becomes something other than mac and cheese? And macaroni just happens to be the pasta you used in your casserole. It's a good point. It's a good point. So they're not toppings like pizza toppings. So what are we going to call these things that that we're adding that aren't the mac and cheese? What are we calling I the would, bacon? I would call them mix-ins. Okay, you're mixing them into your mac and cheese, and then but you can also use toppings. Some people will use. Um, breadcrumbs or like crushed crushed crackers or um i like to use the panko breadcrumbs the ones that are a little mm-hmm. larger um the italian seasoned ones and then i i cook them with um a little bit of garlic butter before i sprinkle them on top of the mac and cheese um so that's a topping that would be different than a mix-in what's your what's your gripe with raisins because i think you could actually make that work um Raisins belong in kugel, which is its own entity of of noodle pasta with cheese. Um, and for those who don't have any clue what I'm talking about, I know you know what I'm talking about, but there are other people who probably don't. Kugel is a is a traditional Jewish noodle uh, dessert. Um, if we are talking about the version that I'm considering, uh, kugel can be also be a savory side dish casserole. But it, I've always thought of kugel as a sweet. And so it's like noodles with some, some sour cream and some cottage cheese. And then you have like, a, like, like, a, like a, an apple crisps kind of topping. Um, 
the, the, the crumbliness with the, with the nuts and the cinnamon sugar and, and all of that loveliness, and then you bake it, and it's just, kugel is one of my favorite foods. Um, raisins would work in that. Um, I love raisins. I love raisin cookies. Like people make jokes about, you know, being disappointed that they think they're getting chocolate chip cookies and instead they get raisin cookies. I love raisin cookies. I love raisin pie. My grandmother, when I was little, used to make raisin pie. But I don't see those little tidbits of sweetness in like the classic cheddar mac and cheese. I don't personally see that working. Okay. Um, I would Have think. Have you tried it? No, no, but You're just I thrown it out there to get reactions. <laughs> I, I guess it was, it was a thing on TikTok where so much, so many things come from, and yes. like I could wrap my head around that, um, and I and that's why I wanted to try to come up with other mix-ins that yeah. wouldn't make sense. And most of the things that went through my head, and they were far more abstract than what you were thinking, <laughs> like well, frosted flakes. Could I put frosted flakes in mac and cheese? And I'm like. Yeah, that 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 would totally work. Like I came um, up. Yes, see, I would. I could say you could crush cornflakes, but I think where you're losing me is with that sweetness. You have a very elitist tongue, and remember, mac and cheese is <laughs> no, for. No, no, no. I am. I am the. I am the farthest thing from from an elitist. I wrote an entire column a few years ago about my obsession with Cheetos, and then I can't have them in the house, or else I'll eat the whole bag. Cheetos so- and mac and cheese, <laughs> right? Cheetos, Perfect. Cheetos. If you crush up Cheetos. They make a perfect topping for mac and cheese. And then you can have like the classic crunchy or the puffy ones. Or if you want some spice, you get those flaming hot ones. They have the jalapeno ones. Yeah, Cheeto, Cheetos work perfectly on mac and cheese. There was uh, a place that I remember up in Detroit, and this was 20 years ago. It was a mac and cheese specific place. And mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it. I don't think they're in business anymore, but uh, it's time for a comeback of like, fancy mac and cheese places yes because you you've got that whole comfort food aspect that we all need right now but you you elevate it such that it's worth going out for because it's the kind of versions that you won't make for yourself i just did a quick google and it doesn't seem to to exist anymore although we did have a mac and melt here but i think it closed yeah I wasn't. I thought of that as more of a grilled cheese place, so I could be. I could be wrong. Very, yeah, yeah, and I'll have to dig up what this one was twenty Although years ago. Grilled cheese is another thing, like mac and cheese. You know, it's it's yours to create your own masterpiece. I would agree, and some decadent, uh, some decadent grilled cheese has become popular lately. But then again, I would also say there is not a kids menu that doesn't have grilled cheese on it. True. Um, but you know, I think, I think a kid's menu is, is an insult to kids. I mean, yes, I do know that there are kids who only want hot dogs or grilled cheese or mac and cheese, but why can't those be a part of the regular menu, but just maybe have smaller portions that anybody could order the kids, the seniors, um, somebody who just wants say a lighter meal, um, like kids, kids menus are always dumbed down as though kids don't have palates and aren't willing to try things. And I think especially these days uh, where there are so many different kinds of restaurants and kids are going on, on Chopped Junior and they're cooking for themselves and they're really invested in this. I think kids are much more sophisticated than the average kids menu. So far as I know, I don't think there's any kind of barbed wire on the menus. Like if you want to get a hot dog off the kid's menu, you're allowed. And if the kid wants to order ribeye, I think they'll let him, right? 
I think will, but but like just the whole concept of we have to have a kids menu specifically designed to treat your child, you know, like someone with with pedestrian tastes instead of just having a menu and letting the kid order what they want. Okay. And what they want may still be grilled grilled cheese, but why do we have to relegate it to only kid food? And then two, if like some places will say you have to be 12 and under in order to order the grilled cheese or whatever. But what if you want the grilled cheese? And you don't want to have to stand there arguing with somebody over, you know, well, my ID says that I'm, you know, 40 years older than your age limit, but why can't I have it anyway? Just let people order what they want. It doesn't need to have a name as to this section is designated for this age group or or whatever. I hear uh, a ranty column from from <laughs> the food empress in the blade, and I totally hear something that was going to go viral. You're going to be the woman that takes down kids' menus. <laughs> I, I will. I will have to think about doing that. Yes, I can. I can. I can feel it sort of forming. I can. And then you'll have the I, the IHOP lobbyists coming after you. Hey, you know what? What on earth that IHOP could possibly be relegated to a kids menu that everybody else doesn't want? Well, you're I mean, right. Do they have like brandy laced, you know, bourbon infused pancakes or something that the kids aren't allowed to have? When I mean, I, the whole menu is kid friendly. Right. Comfort food. Well, well, when I think of kid menus, I think of like. IHOP and places like that. But yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to your your rant, <laughs> your desire to take down the kids' menu because, uh, you know, we need more equality on our menus. And, and Grandpa wants the grilled cheese and, he's, and he wants to get a beer. It to be a menu. Yeah. Um, yes. What else, what else is on your list? Um... I want to congratulate you on your Best of Toledo nomination through the, the city paper. Best celebrity. How cool is that? What an investment you've made in this community and the community recognizes you for it. Uh, I was I was stunned and surprised. Like I, I, I like to think I did my time trying to win the podcast award and I've, I've moved on. I try to um, let others win. And I know that there might be a pay-to-play aspect to it. A, a, a friend, a woman that I know was, was really ranting about that. I'm like, look, even if it's the complete opposite of a meritocracy and a meritorious win, you know, you can still make some use out of it. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with somebody saying we we recognize you and we appreciate what you're doing and and we would like to recognize that. Does it does it bring traffic to their site? Absolutely. Does it have people talking about them and looking up, you know, their paper and their site? Absolutely. I don't deny any of that. But it's it's also a celebration of all the good things here in Toledo. You know, as we're as we're edging very, very sadly closer to to tying, if not setting a record for for homicides as as we have, um, you know, sections and neighborhoods that that still have high rates of of crime and poverty as as people are still facing eviction as businesses are trying to find employees and stay afloat as there are so many so many really sad and, and heartbreaking things going on we're celebrating but look at all these amazing people and places and things that toledo has to offer so all of all of that to me is is nothing but good 
you cleaned that up really well because you took a hard left from the fun of Best of Toledo Awards into record murders. <laughs> uh, but you you cleaned that up real well. And you say and you said this is to celebrate in Toledo, and that's yep. exact that's exactly what, what I said. Um, so you are up for Best Writer, correct? Best Journalist. Best print journalist, thank Press. you, along with several of my colleagues, one of whom, Liz Skalka, is probably uh, 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 moved on, but... She gave me grief and wanted to know why I didn't promote her, like, on social. I was like, you left. Yeah. It would be nice if she wanted just so so we could say, see, and look at look what we lost. I mean, we all know what we lost, but there's a lot a lot to be said, too, for, for, for having it in black and white. Um... I mean, you know, Jason Weber is is one of our, our new features writers. He's he's just a great guy. He's so much fun. He's got all kinds of great stories. Um, so it's Dave Briggs. I mean, come on, we've got we've we've got a we've got a really good and really tough category. We've got a lot of talent here. I will actively campaign against him in all in all good fun, like I used to play around with Jordan Strack. But yeah. you don't you don't say you're going to come on the podcast and then ghost me and expect me to vote for you. Absolutely not ghosted you i haven't heard anything from him tisk tisk well he's busy with that big battle of 75 tonight we've got like six different angles on that i know i know i was scrolling through the news slide today and i mean there's been a lot of content all week about that and i, uh, I contributed to that i have to say what what did you contribute what i didn't see your stuff where i i glanced over it Mine was on Sunday on, on the food page i got jason candle and scott leffler to share some of their tailgating favorites very, what what were they? Because I missed Sunday's paper. So uh, UT's Jason Candle uh, gave me a, an amazing recipe for a slow-cooked pork uh, that's shredded, so you can serve it a million different ways. I happen to like pulled pork sandwiches, so I served it on buns topped with coleslaw. Um, and, and he also likes burgers and grilled Italian sausage with peppers. And then, um, and then Scott from BG, he said he's only ever been to one tailgate. He looks out at all the fun and thinks, man, when I'm retired, I'm going to go do that. And he wants to have like steaks and lobster tails and the big screen TV and like turn it into just like this massive party. And he said that he would like to have the Hungarian sausage from his hometown. Uh, he thinks they make the very best one. And he would love to have chewy fudge brownies with a thick layer of, of chocolate frosting. So I made the pulled pork and the brownies and it was an amazing meal. And I got Corey Crescent, who covers BG, and I got Kyle Rowland, who covers UT, to come and sample the food with me and talk about the game. So we had a we had a great time. Uh, I'm sorry I missed all that. It sounds like a blast. I'm glad everybody everybody uh, coaches and your uh, your colleagues got involved. Oh yeah, we had a great time. It's nice when we can do uh, you know sort of team projects like that in instead of it just being you know me cooking and, and eating you know? <laughs> and it was fun to have them talk about the game and their perspectives but also too i mean because you know it was my story so so we were all about the food and and if i had to choose which one i liked best i mean they're just so different one's savory one's sweet but together they made a perfect meal the pulled pork with the brownies if you had to if you were going to a tailgate or super bowl party what's knowing that people aren't going to maybe get real elaborate, what's your go-to food or what's something you're looking forward to having? Oh my God, that's, that's so tough. Um, I went to a tailgate at UT a few years ago for a story, had the best time and people were making all kinds of stuff. I mean, they were, you know, they were doing the, the classic burgers and, and hot dogs and, and, and bratwurst 
And then there were people who like changed the menu up each week, and it uh, and and like they're making really complicated things even on the grill, or they've they've made things that they keep warm in the crock pot. Um, and they said too that it depends on what time the game is, what they're serving. So like if it's a noon game, and of course they're starting in the morning, they're looking at more breakfast brunch foods, like maybe you know breakfast burritos, and and then they might step it up and and do you know vegetable kebabs or or ribs or something for a later game but it was funny the the one constant they said no matter what time the game the one constant is alcohol yeah so, <laughs> so there were people there who had beer there were people there who had pictures of mixed drinks there was one uh one table where the 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 it would had been set up by a wine distributor so they've got like the elegant tablecloth and the glass glasses because they weren't using any of the cheap plastic crap, you know. And therefore, and they kept offering. Lori King did the story with me. Our our now retired um, photographer, Lori King, she abandoned me so she could go teach more. So I understand that, but I miss her very much. And um, and they kept saying, "Here, you need a drink." We're like, "No, no, we're working." Oh, come on, they won't know. Oh, no, no, we're we're working. We'll we'll hit you up later. It was the best, best time. It's so chaotic tailgating up in Ann Arbor, you know, where I used to live and where I went to school. Um, this was so nice. It was a smaller scale and it was more imp- intimate. And, and you really had more of an opportunity to make friends, at least in my experience. I thought it was great. So uh, I hope they have fun down there tonight at Bowling Green. I, uh, I, when I was living back home in Philadelphia, I went to my friend's tailgate and he had like, they were like miniature cities and everything you described. Like mm-hmm. I knew people who didn't even go to the game. They would just go to have breakfast at the tailgate. But That's my, it's uh, not about the game. Tailgating is, is for everybody, whether you've got tickets to the game, whether you like football or not, it doesn't matter. Tailgating is for everybody. Yeah. It's universal. Except for me, because uh, at least the tailgates that I had visited were just far too chaotic. From a Mm -hmm. chaos and alcohol perspective, and a Uh, rowdy fans perspective, and also the sheer amount of people. True. And see, that's what was nice about the one at at UT. Because it, it wasn't like, you know, the entire high school parking lot and blocks around the stadium like it is in Ann Arbor. This was, this was contained. Um, and I felt like these were people who see each other every week, so they were longtime friends, you know, over the course of, of season after season after decade after decade, and they were inviting me into their party. So it was just, it was so much fun. Um, a couple of final things is we've uh, put some good content in here, and I also want to see if we can squeeze you in since we haven't gotten to any of my Thanksgiving stuff before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. can, can you make some more time uh, to jump on for a little bit before Thanksgiving? I probably can. I mean, come on, you're you're a good friend of mine. It's the least I can do for you. I just can't tell you right off the top of my head what day I can do it, but no, I will do it. No worries. <laughs> uh, do you do you have any final things on your list you want to get to? Um, I don't think so. How okay. about you? Uh, just one thing comes to mind. So you know, yeah. I I help my friend with his meal prepping uh, business on Saturdays, yeah, right? That's what I forgot to put on my list. Yes. Yeah, so um, one of the guys who I like packing those meals with, I I had brought you up in some way, and he was fascinated by the idea of the uh, the food empress perhaps <laughs> tasting uh, their product, and I oh, that said. I said, uh, I mean, it's not normally what she does, but he he seemed intrigued by, and he understood that like that's not usually what you do. But I think he was intrigued, and the crew would be intrigued to get your opinion on their product. 
so give me just a little more background because I know I know that you do this, but but the the specifics of what it is and how you got involved. Uh, my friend Matt Lewis started this business back in January. It exploded, and uh, I've known him since the first time I lived here. We used to DJ together, and oh, cool. uh, he's a great businessman. And like I said, this thing went nuclear. Um, Absolutely, over- talk about timing over the last year and now they pack like between 900 or they make about between 900 and a thousand meals every week they do all the cooking thursday and friday and then as you see on saturday i just go there and and pack and i thought it would be a really boring monotonous thing but i actually get some some peace out of it and we have some good fun conversations don't tell him that i said it's fun um i make okay. a couple of bucks out yeah, of it we want to make sure you know that, that we're cracking that whip and, and making it making it a chore right well, well my friend <laughs> matt first uh, tried to appeal it to me in the sense that it's fun, you'll have a good time. And I'm like, I'm working. I'm not having a good time. But it's it's nice conversation and it's not hard work. And I actually think I'm kind of decent at it. But they were definitely intrigued by having the food critic review their food. Not officially, but just give some feedback. Yeah. I will have to head down there. That, that would be a lot of fun. Well, not down there. I mean, I'll, I'll just give you some codes and, and they'll deliver to you. Oh, all right. Okay, because you know, I because in addition to doing the food pages, I'm also technically, you know, I'm food editor and features writer. So you know, we're always looking for different kinds of stories for like the living and arts pages. So we'll have to chat a little bit more okay. to figure something out. But I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Our, but please tell, don't tell them I'm a critic. I I like to think I'm an enthusiast, not a critic. Empress. I'll be the empress. And uh, I'll, a t- I'll have a tiara by then. Food, food stuff, features, and I expected the laundry list of other things that you're writing there. Um, and then you said uh, Jason Weber is new. I'm sure the yeah. adjective described and to describe any of your colleagues now is meet new blankety blank. Yes, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you oh. should, I, you should, you should, you should hit Jason up to come on your on your podcast. You'd have a lot of fun. How new is he? Because I don't know his name. He's been in town a lot. He used to work with the. Um, with the city paper, he used to work with um, with Cardi's campaign, and on top of that, he used to work with Insane Clown Posse. You know the documentary that they were showing down at the Mommy Theater last week? Yes. He was part of that. What do they ca- talk to him? What do they call those people? Juggalos. I think that's the name. Yes, I'm kind of old, so it's you know it's not my thing. But he, he's got great stories, and he's a really nice guy. You got to hit him up. He sounds interesting. And maybe he won't ghost you like like Briggs did. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. I will check into him. And that you said he used to work at the city paper. That explains yeah. his his curious nomination as well for being so new. Yes. Yes. I he's been there, and, he, and I know he's done some freelancing. He's uh, he's got a blog, so he's 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 been doing a lot of writing, but he's he's new to the blade. Okay. Um, as always, thanks for the time. Tell Craig oh, I said. Tell Craig I said hello. And as we always wrap up with, where are we with our finger recovery? Um, well, as I'm looking at it right now, I haven't worn the compression tape for a couple of days because I forgot it um, after after an appointment. And I thought, well, it doesn't look as you know blown up as I had expected it to. So I've been doing an experiment. But today was photo shoot day, so I've been doing a lot of last minute cooking and serving of dishes and that. So it's a little a little puffier than it was. Um, making progress. How's that? Excellent. Always, good. Always a little too slowly, but making progress. Awesome. Um, good to chat with you. I will oh, connect with you, with you, and we'll uh, we'll talk more. Okay. That sounds great. Have a wonderful afternoon.